Hey, what's up? What's up, what's up, what's up? Good to hear from you. It's been a minute. It's been, what, two weeks, right? Two weeks. It's been a while, yeah. It's been a while. Um, had a few job interviews. Oh, no, job interviews, sorry. Job applications, so... But now I'm back. Back on it. Good, good. Yes. Uh, yeah. Last time we spoke, <laughs> yeah. you said you were going to get a haircut. How did that go? And have you, and um, how have you been? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you remember? Yeah, yeah, I've been good, man. I've been good. Um, yes, I went and got the haircut. It was it was different, man. It was different. There was, yeah, no, there was no usual band time. It was quiet. Um, obviously, we had, we had to wear a mask as um, before you came in. Yeah, and then there was yeah there was the separators between each um, barber chair, so like plastic wall, yeah. and then like um, you had to wear like a plastic sheet over yourself. Um, your your the, the guy's station where he's where he's cutting his hair that all gets wiped down. Uh, yeah, man, it, it, it was like it was like a dystopian movie. It was, just, <laughs> it was a bit weird. Like the only thing missing was the hazmat hazmat suits. Wait, wait, um, put. When they do your shape yeah. up, when they do like your beard and your moustache, what happens then? You take the mask off, right? No, no, no. So you keep your, so the mask is just over your face, right? Over your uh, mouth and nose, right? Yeah. And like, um, the only thing annoying about it is that when he's snipping like, uh, like my afro, some of the hair went down into the into the mask. Allow it, okay? Yeah, so a little bit went. Even like, cause um, the you know the usual one that they give you is the uh the big black one, right? So it's like yeah. all over you. Nah, this yeah. this little flimsy plastic thing was it wasn't covering nothing. <laughs> it's like when it when it when you hit when your hair uh, falls down and it goes like all the, all the way down to your legs, then yeah, it's just hairy. <laughs> See, that's a good point. Now you made me realize when I go to get a shape up that I need to make sure that I I have a second mask. That I can wear after yep, I yep, wore yep. the mask to the barbers because yep. the one that goes to the barbers is gonna be wrecked with hair and all kinds of trust hair. me, trust me. Wait, trust wait, but me. Don't you have you have a mustache and like some like facial hair, right? I told him I said forget it, man, I'm just gonna shave my beard myself. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I don't wanna go I don't wanna go for the hassle, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that, that's that's why I'm going there to to, to do to your beard. To, to do the <laughs> to oh, get trust me, man. so yeah, it'll be interesting. So I went I, to, I to I, I don't know why they just get the, the big cloak as well, like, and like a big plastic cloak. It's just a little flimsy one. I don't understand that as well. But hopefully yours will be all right. And you've been, you've been okay since then? You haven't had any symptoms? I've been okay. <laughs> they're, 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 the guy was very, like, uh, safety conscious and everything. I, to be honest here, um, the, the guy across my head, he's quite, he's uh, quite a quiet guy. Okay. And then that day, he was just, like, asking me so much about my family, house things. He was being very chatty. So I think they're trying to ease people back in and, like, make people feel relaxed and, like, talk to them. So there was positive to it. Fair to I'm going this Friday. So let's let's see what our, our next next podcast that we have. I'll, I'll let you know how <laughs> Update how us, it was definitely. to me when I go this Friday. So we had a retwist. And then after that, I go to the barbers nice. to get a shape up and stuff. So it's a... It's a two-step process, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a mad one. Nice, nice. I might take three masks: one for the the locked issue, then, yeah. then one for the barbers, and then one for the rest of my day. <laughs> you might have to, man. You might. Have to. I might have to, because it might get absolutely wrecked after the. Because when they when you go to locticians, they wash your mm. hair. I, I like that name, but I know locticians, but yeah. 
So when they wash, when they lock your, I'm saying when they wash your hair, obviously yeah. water gets everywhere, and I'm sure some water's gonna go onto the mask. And then when they're yeah. doing the retwist as well, who knows? Like if some of the like hair products that they put in your hair will uh yeah. will end up getting on the mask as well. So yeah, I don't wanna keep wearing that once I leave the 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 loctician and then head the to the as well. You know what they need to do? I keep saying this. Locticians need yeah. to have barbers. They do. They well. do. Like, two-in-one service. Yeah. Like, why is no one for that yet? What the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why they don't do it. I think they get a good number of women as men who go to locticians. And so from that perspective, women don't necessarily need to get shape up or don't go, don't want a shape up. And so they might just think it's a waste of time. But real talk, there needs to be... um. Uh yeah, there needs to be that kind of situation where you get like the barbers and the locticians together because it's, it's it's a it's annoying having to go from one to the yeah. other. Yeah, because I I like those hairstyles, you know, where like um people get like maybe level zero or level one on the sides, then you yeah. might have dreads on the top. Yeah, or like even uh, my friend, I went to his birthday. Um, it was it was in a park. It was social distance, by the way. But uh, we went to his little birthday thing, and he, he um he had like twists, like he was, just, he was just starting to have his dreads. Then yeah. Around, he had like a fade, and yeah. So like I can imagine him, or like imagine he, had, he probably had to go to two different establishments, get the probably the hair twist first, then get the fade as well. I'm too long. Yeah, it's long. It's long. It's actually yeah. long. They need yeah. to make the two together, but yeah, yeah. They just they just haven't thought that that yeah. thus far. But hopefully, it will happen in in the future. Hopefully. Otherwise, I might have to start looking around for some different locticians who do barbering as well. Because yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a long thing to to have to go to two different places. It's, it's it's not the one. It's not the one at all. The uh, and then yeah, the last time we spoke as well, I, I recommended Grant Cardone to. Uh, <laughs> yes. So you know what? Yeah. Uh, I don't have. I haven't got the book, but I've been okay. watching a few of his videos. Yeah. It's an interesting. He's an interesting guy. He's an interesting character. He's interesting. I don't know. Um, uh, so like uh, he he has a lot of um, what do you call it? Those things where they speak to a lot of people in a, in a big room, in a big auditorium, uh, like conference. Conferences. Yeah, he has a lot of conferences. Yeah. Uh, but um, I haven't I haven't found that much time to be like uh, reading and delving into his, his, his stuff. But I've seen his. I watch his videos. I've watched his like talking about property and stuff. Um, I saw one thing with him and Kevin Hart. Um, but yeah, I think um, after this little rocky stage, I'm at, I'm definitely gonna um, yeah, t- that book, the book, Ten X. I want yeah, yeah, like literally go on YouTube, type in yeah, Ten X, Grant Cardone, Ten X audio book, and hopefully the audio book is on um, YouTube, and then you could just listen to it there. Oh, is it free? You watch some of his videos. Just, just listen to the book instead. I listened to the book. I didn't read it. I find it so much easier to, um, oh, to true. listen to books than to read books at times. And plus, it just sticks in my head that much more. I think. I think it's like there's, there's some, it's a bit like it just it, it's it's a there's more of a sponge effect when I when I hear it right. uh, than when I I read it. I think so. Yeah, just check that out on YouTube. I'm sure you can find it. Uh, okay. Google one of the two. Yeah, I found one thing about like study notes from the book, so I might start off with that actually. All right. Yeah, there's like a whole video with you know what? Let me save this in my bookmarks before I forget. Uh, 
What, what, would, what would you say is your main takeaway from this book? I think it's, it's one, there's no shortage of success. I think that really was something that, I think when you grow up mm-hmm. in an environment where there's a big focus on education and getting the best grades, mm-hmm. and then there's this idea that you've got to get the best, the best grades mm-hmm. uh, because that's going to determine how your life will be. Mm-hmm. But then you kind of realise that, or at least from that book, there's more to it than obviously getting good grades mm-hmm. and that you've got to realize that just because you for those people who don't get good grades like I generally did mm-hmm. uh, you've got to just because you don't do well in one area of life doesn't mean you can't do well in another area of life that right. will be right. just as advantageous if not more so than the area of life that you don't do well in so I think that was the thing like just not having such a one one-sided view of things yeah, one-sided view of things was, was one thing that really struck to me. And then that thing about just the whole mindset of 10x and, and realising that you're going to have to put in a lot more effort than you think you will uh, to achieve whatever it is that you have to. And you just have to accept that and, mm-hmm. and embrace it and just be like, you know what, if I have to put in 100 hours, 1,000 hours, 10,000 hours, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. And no, it kind of just I... psychs you up. Or at least it psyched me up to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Do you know so what? I think those are my two big takeaways. That's a big takeaway, yeah. Do you know what? That actually reminds me of um, another book I've read by Bill Gates. Let me find it so I can show it quickly. There it is. Yeah, it's called. Um, you might have read it. It's called Mindset. And it's yeah, actually, he's recommended it. It's in his book. Sorry, it's by Dr. Carol S. Dweck, and it's a similar thing to what you just said now, like, um, but in a, in a different way. So okay. just talking about um, having a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. You probably mean yeah. my Yeah, you, yeah. And then, um, so it's like, you know, sometimes when you're young, people might tell you, oh, you're smart or, you know, you've got all these good grades and stuff, but um, that makes you feel like you don't have to put in any work. So then you kind of, it's called like a fit, you have like a fixed mindset. And yeah. then... Um, uh, you get older and older, and then you, uh, you might be told, uh, like, oh, this wasn't up to standard or something like that. Um, and you end up taking it uh, like a big hit because you've got, you know, you've been cushioned when you're young, you've got a big ego, right? Yeah. And uh, what makes you, uh, it, it kind of, this book tries to gives you towards the fixed mindset, uh, sorry, the growth mindset, where it's to say, no, like, um, if you just have the mindset where I, I'm always willing to grow, I'm always willing to work hard. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, you you don't really, you're not gonna give up. You're not gonna be like, um, it's it's kind of that that thing between a talent versus hard work, yeah. that kind of thing. So instead of like relying on, oh yeah, um, if I'm not talented, I'm not gonna make it. Instead of having that mindset, it's have the mindset of, um, if I hard if I work hard, I'll make it. I'll grow into it. I'll grow into what I need to where I need to be. And it kind of mirrors what you said about the Grant Cardone saying, if you didn't, if you feel like you haven't done well in certain areas of, of your life. Just go 10x, work hard, and it's um, it's yeah, you 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 you'll get to where you need to be. Nice. Is that yeah. a mindset changing the way you think to fulfill your potential? That's the one. That's yeah. the one. Just I was like, I'll yeah. check it out. I'll check it out. So you own the book? I own the book. My sister got it from my from my birthday a couple of years ago. Yeah. 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 I think it's one of those things as well that you have to keep going back to. Which is like mm-hmm. I've 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 lost count the number of times I listened to Grant Cardone's 10x 
yeah, I just kept anytime I was, especially when you get into the working world. I think for me, it made a big difference yeah. when anytime I'm, well, I'm struggling with work, I just think to myself, okay, yeah. time to, to put in that, well, that much more that effort. Yeah. What's your opinion on like self-help, self-help books? And like, do you find them useful? Or do you find them, a lot of them, maybe repeating the same things or? I think it depends on the book. I think I, I do yeah. find that once I heard the likes of, say, Grant Cardone yeah. and some others that I've read, yeah, it's just, it's just very, it does become repetitive. An issue I have is that a lot of them, yeah. aren't necessarily practical like the thing about the Grand Cardone what? one is just that it's just yeah. it's just saying you've got to you've got to do the work you've got to Dude. knock on yeah. more doors have more phone yeah. calls have more meetings like it's <laughs> very you know this is this is very practical it's not trying to it's not it's not just about the mindset but it's actually about the mm-hmm. things that you just have to do whereas I find mm-hmm. too many of these self-help books they just give you anecdotes about other mm-hmm. people's lives and then you're supposed to apply that to your own, which in some cases does does work. But I find for me, I'm not interested in that, which is, I think, why we both probably got an, an, an IT degree, because we're looking for something very practical, a practical skill that you can apply and mm-hmm. use in, in, in work or in, in your own things that you're interested in doing. Uh, and I think that's the problem I have with some of these self-help books is that they spend way too much time just uh, theorizing as opposed to actually being more concrete and set in any kind of um, set environment. Like, that's why I really love autobiographies that also mm-hmm. include lessons in them. Like I read one by, uh, he's, he works in investment in the States. He's super rich. Like he's a, he's a multi-billionaire. Right, but for right. some reason, his name has escaped my mind. But you literally read through the book and you see how he, went from one company to another, how he, right. he did deals, how much of the stuff that he worked on was last minute and it included, you know, working through the night, uh, working when he was on planes. Sometimes he would literally have to just adjust as he, yeah. what he was doing as he landed because he got new information as he landed. Um, yeah. yeah, And so, so that was good as well. And then I think the other one that I read was um, Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. Um, so I actually owned that book. Um, and that's about the CEO of, of Nike. And you hear about his story about how he he went to, to Japan and he started having uh, business relationships with people in, in Japan, but then he realised, you know, costs were increasing, the relationship with his Japanese partners was somewhat okay. deteriorating, they're trying to cut him out, so then he had to, he had to pivot and work with different uh, countries, going to China, going to Taiwan, Um <laughs> And then, yeah, you see, you see, kind of like the practical things that people had to do to yeah. to to um get that success. And yeah, it's just it's just really interesting to read for me biographies because you 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 can often see a lot more of the steps that people take yeah. and the steps that you, not necessarily you will take, but just understanding it won't always be a linear straight line, which is what yeah. sometimes can you can when you get these uh self-help books it can kind of make it seem like oh it's just going to magically happen overnight where you see that mm-hmm. in the books like Phil Knight or the book by the, the investment guy um, they were working on it for five ten years before they got their their big break uh, and they wow. had so many almost bankrupt moments almost failing moments that they were just able to somehow 
uh, come back from from the brink of, of failure. I think that's what is good for me because it makes it seem like yeah, you know, it's not always straightforward, which is what can be demystified uh, way too often. Pardon? Would you say like yeah? So just like demystifies the whole process. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it. Demystifies the process. I think that's that's a good way to say it. Demystifies the process because I think yeah, like you said, some of these self-help books. It's that after reading them, they just leave you with far more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. The biographies that I've read leave me with far more answers than questions, like the importance of travel, having networks and connections in in different countries in different areas of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, in different continents, people from different cultures, uh, being able to just s- seamlessly go between different cultures, or maybe not even seamlessly, because mm-hmm. even though the 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 autobiographies I've, I've I've read, you see that they make full pause, um, but realizing mm-hmm. that just because you make a full pause doesn't mean that you can't come back from it. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. so, so I find autobiographies wow, wow, wow. so much better. Wow, that's a few of the things just like setting off fireworks in my head, like. Like I, I need to either improve all those, or I'm lucky I have those skills. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I find self, I, I find autobiographies so much better than than, than um, um self help books. Honestly, you've got to take you've got to take autobiographies with a pinch of salt as well, because even them sometimes they always come out like they just had this breakthrough moment. But if you actually mm. really, really pay attention and look at it, you see it wasn't a breakthrough moment. You see that they. Sometimes it was just the fact that they were in the right place at the right time. In fact, I read one that was really, really eye-opening and that he became like the head of his department. And a lot of that was just because everybody else in his department had gone off to war and died. And he hadn't. So from that process, he ended up getting promoted. And that was it. That was was a big part of of why he got to where he was. He got his first break just because of circumstances. And sometimes Mm -hmm. it's it's like that. It's good to have that eye-opening thing that, Sometimes mm. just by sticking somewhere, you can end up being the person who 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 uh, gets the break. And sometimes even if you do stick somewhere, if you're not, you know, adapting and adding more value, you'll get passed over by somebody who just comes by and, and always has new ideas and always does that extra work. Yep, yep. It reminds me of this thing my head teacher used to say to me, um, to all of us actually in class. It was like, basically, the harder you work, the luckier you get. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, lo- I love that saying. Like the yeah. more you do, the luckier you get. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I love, I love yeah. that saying. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I never understood until I got to this age. <laughs> I was like, yeah. "What does he mean?" I was like, "How can you increase your luck?" But I started to understand grasping now, like year by it, year. It, it literally just means that eventually you did something that worked. That's yeah. it. Like it's, it's that it's that whole line about. Um, I haven't found. Something like I haven't found a thousand. I found a thousand ways that yes. don't work. Before getting to that one way that does work, I can't remember the exact saying. But something it, like that. Something I, I along that. You need to you need to eliminate all the the wrong ways until you yeah. get all the ways that don't work until you get to a way that does work. And I think that's the, that's the problem at times with with what happens in education. I think that's what like Grant Cardone's book opened my eyes to is that mm-hmm. in education it's always like oh this this right answer uh, mm-hmm. or you can get this right amount of grade and then yeah. You get mm-hmm. the you get you, you get the you get the, the highest prize in, in education. Yeah. But in the real world, you will just make so many mistakes before you get to the right part. So true. And, if, and and the part and a part of it is minimizing the impact or the negative consequences of those mistakes. Um yeah, minimizing the negative consequences of those mistakes 
learning from them as soon as possible and then getting to the right thing or that thing that at least gets you closer to whatever goal it is that you're trying to achieve. Definitely, man. Definitely. Wow. Wow. Um, sorry, I just, my brain just froze there for a minute. I just, I'm just taking everything that you just said. Um, I was going to add something else as well to that. Um, yeah, yeah, sorry. Uh, no, I'm, I, no, I like everything you said, man. I like, honestly, I was, just, I was just going through so many things, but now I just forgot it. This, this book yeah. by, um, sorry, Carol <laughs> Dweck, is it, is it, would you say it's a practical book or is it more the, the kind of theory of stuff? Oh, I'm not gonna lie, um, you didn't, you did say you don't like the anecdotes kind of uh, books, but this one, um, it is. It's got a lot of anecdotes in it. It's got a lot of anecdotes. Okay. Uh, it's just, I think I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I think it is saying the same thing again and again in each in each chapter. Okay. But but the um, the message behind it, I think, is it, it's, it's very key. It's very valuable. So, but it's just that like right. the way it's written, maybe it's a bit repetitive. Okay. Sounds yeah, like it's but, gonna uh, go down on my list. As in, go further down <laughs> on my list as opposed yeah. to something that I'll be reading soon. So the moment you know I what? read a book, go on, yeah. I'll borrow it to you. I'll borrow it to you. All right, cool. I think I've just tasted it. Yeah. <laughs> the next one, when I, when I see you next, yeah. Sorry, what were you saying? No, I said the book I'm reading now is about um, it's called negotiating, like like your life depends on it, and it's actually really interesting because right. it does give right. anecdotes, anecdotes, but right. it's anecdotes related to his actual life as an S- FBI negotiator. So again, it's it's partly bi- biographical. In that nature, wow. because he's, he's giving from real world uh, yeah. situations. In some cases, yeah. he's changed names to obviously protect identities, yeah. and in other cases, he hasn't because it's wow. public information about the person he was negotiating with, or that person's been killed anyway. So it's not like it's a big deal if he shares information uh, about that person. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's it, it's really interesting. Again, some of it you you kind of learn through your own experiences in the working world or in life about how you negotiate. But some of it is, is really uh, eye-opening in terms of the kind of different ways that... Like, there's one thing he says, is you should you should try to get people to to know. You should start... Or you should try to bring out the knowing them earlier instead of trying to get a yes from them. Because when you bring out their objections, then you can make them see, okay, fine, I've said my objections. But mm-hmm. even though I have those objections maybe I can still get on board as opposed mm-hmm. to trying to get them to get, trying to start with a yes straight away mm-hmm. without actually making them realize that there are things that they don't like about it. So yeah, it's really, it's really mm-hmm. interesting. Some of the, some of the things that he says and, and yeah, it's, it's like, and then it's one about, yeah, it's obvious, but try to think about all the critiques that people can have of you when you're going into a negotiation and yeah. then actually state those, those critiques to the person because mm-hmm. when you state a state a critique to a person mm-hmm. there's actually a chance that if they're a polite person at least they won't necessarily want to um say yes i do think those things about you but mm-hmm. they're at least aware that you've actually thought about it from mm-hmm. their point of view and the fact that you thought about it from their point of view can then make them more conciliatory so they're they're, they're more likely to actually agree with you and negotiate to, to kind of get what it is that you're you're trying to um to um uh, you you're looking for. So I found that really really interesting. Interesting, like, yeah. Someone was going to a, a negotiation, and she she was saying to her, her her client that 
uh, it seems that you think that we're the, the big bad company trying to screw off the little guy. And then in the book, it says that the, the, the other company is like, no, 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 I don't think that. And eventually the, the other company realized, and, and not just that, the, 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 the negotiator said, what, what do you think we should do in this situation? And from that, you're actually okay. giving out of a person power to see what uh, suggestions they have. And the other person mm-hmm. realized that there wasn't any other suggestion. Uh-huh. They didn't have a suggestion in terms of how to improve the negotiation. So they, ha- they had to fundamentally agree with the, with the analysis of the person that they were negotiating with because uh-huh. it, it, they, they realized that they didn't have a, a different solution that would work for everyone. So to save right. the deal, they went with the, the deal or the, the negotiation that was that the negotiator was actually aiming for, but without the negotiator ever actually stating that's what they wanted to do. So yeah, wow. it's, it's, it was a very interesting. It's an interesting what, what's book. That book? What's that book uh, negotiating like your life depends on it. I think it's called. Yeah, it, it reminds me of, the, of these like uh, haggling tricks, yeah. like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's called Never Split the Difference, Negotiating as if your life depended depended on it. Never sure. Split the Difference, Negotiating as if your life depended on it by Chris Voss and Tal Raz. Yep. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's actually, uh, it, it's good because it's just giving me different ways to think. I'm still, I still want to see more of how you apply it to like personal um, situations or personal um, relationships because I think I'm decent when it comes to negotiating when it comes uh-huh. to business or uh-huh. like getting a good deal on say a mobile phone contract but yeah. I think it'd be good to see how you can imp- you can apply it to personal relationships because uh, I think that's 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 somewhere that I can stand to to improve on as opposed mm-hmm. to business stuff but it's still it's still it's still a good read so yeah I definitely mm-hmm. recommend it try it out see what it is it's interesting you, you're mentioning these kind of books because I've realised recently that um, I've wanted to develop my soft skills a lot more, and I've, uh, I don't underestimate how crucial they are. You know, you know, me and you, we did IT. Um, that's a lot of technical knowledge we learn. But yeah. I think soft skill. Even going back to what you said before about uh, being able to seamlessly, seamlessly go between cultures and and um, you know getting people to like you and network with them. These things, I think. They can get you a bit, a bit further of where you want to go. I think more than, obviously, I'm not knocking technical knowledge and science knowledge. These are important things, but um, I think soft skills is such a big thing. Like we're social animals at the end of the day. So, yeah. No, no, you're, you're yeah. absolutely right. Like there's this yeah. thing that I've noticed that, like Bill Gates didn't necessarily like Steve Jobs at the beginning because Bill Gates didn't just wow. see Steve Jobs as as much of a techie as him. Like he, Steve Jobs just yeah. did not have the same kind of technical knowledge. As, mm-hmm. as Bill Gates but mm-hmm. you see how they ended up having a working relationship because yeah. even if he wasn't necessarily technical as Bill Bill Gates could still recognise that he was successful when it came to business and he had the skills that maybe mm-hmm. uh, that maybe um, um, Bill Gates didn't have and I think that's the mm-hmm. thing I think sometimes people think oh you can be a genius but yeah. uh, and, and that's all you need in life but it doesn't like you look yeah. at Einstein and Einstein had had issues with with yep. personal relationships and working mm-hmm. relationships, and that affected his his career. And if he'd mm-hmm. be able to to navigate that a bit better, and some people say, why should you need to? You're a genius. Like mm-hmm. your genius will stand out. But it doesn't matter yeah. how much of a genius you are if 
just by somebody talking to you, you put them off. And that's that's what's something yeah. that's got on my nerves as well. Like I would I used to be like that as well. I just think like, why do I need to 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 be this social? But I realise not being social can actually hold you back. I think we live in a new world where you don't necessarily even you can do a lot of stuff online mm-hmm. and make lots of money without people ever seeing your face or knowing your True. name. Yeah. Um so you don't necessarily need it. But mm-hmm. at some point lacking those social skills will invariably mm-hmm. hinder you. Like maybe you're going to mm-hmm. hospital and you won't be as nice to the, to the nurses that you need to be. Sure. And they won't necessarily give you exactly the same kind of care and attention yeah. that they may give to yeah. another. Even though they're meant to, like, it's naturally human nature to not human necessarily um, give out. They give out what, they, what they're given. And so even though they're meant mm-hmm. to give a certain standard of care, <laughs> these, these tiny differences in how they interact with patients can go mm-hmm. on and have huge ramifications in how the patient's outcomes can be. And it's mm-hmm. completely unintended, but it's a part of human nature. So yeah, I think it's it's good that you're trying to work on your soft skills, and I think it's something I, I I work on as well. But I'm not knocking your technical skills; they 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 will they can yeah, make you the big moolah. But yeah, that you can also hit a wall. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, obviously managerial. You know, after a couple yeah. of years, you want to get to managerial roles, yeah. into like you know how to work with different personalities, yeah, different people. Um, it's it's like. There's one proverb my dad used to always say. Uh, it was like, um, people, yeah, it, it's, in, it's in from Eritrea, but he's like, people live through other people, or people live because of other people, and it's like it, it kind of reminds you that no man's an island. Yeah, no man's an island. You, you, you're always gonna need you're gonna need someone, and that's gonna, yeah, your your social skills have have impact on that, or your networking skills, or mm-hmm. you know, people person. The thing that, that gets my nerves is, yeah. So sorry. I don't know. I said no. The thing that gets my nerves is why. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's changed now. But yeah. when I was in school, things like this weren't weren't taught, and I think a lot no. of these books no. weren't weren't yeah. available per se. Um, yeah. Some of the a lot of obviously the internet wasn't as pervasive and available yeah. as it is now. So I think yeah. that's why it's made such a difference. But like yeah. I I see all these people who are like five ten years younger than you who read all these books and had all of these experiences uh, and learned all of these things about soft skills and obviously they've got technical skills through university or work but you just yeah. realised if you'd known some of these things when you were a lot younger it could have made oh. a world of difference like I remember wow. I had an interview at Oxford and I absolutely oh. tanked the interview part I was fine when it came to the exam mm. because I just lacked the social the skills at that point in time like how to oh. do an interview this must have been years ago. Yeah, this is this is like so this so this completely changed. It could have potentially mm-hmm. changed the course of my life because I could have gone yeah. in, I could have gone into to Oxford, Oxford and then I could have wow. gone and a degree from there. But yeah. again, I I got interviewed, so it does show that I had the ability to get the interview. But mm-hmm. again, it it's just one of those things that you you kind of realize mm-hmm. people sometimes get natural advantages because mm-hmm. the environment they grow up in, they naturally learn some of these things, or they end up having like parents or I don't yeah. know people who are looking after them who teach them these yeah. things when they are a lot a lot younger as opposed to mm-hmm. you start learning it in your 20s and 30s which isn't the worst time to learn it it's better than never but mm-hmm. the 20s and 30s but then if you if you've got these from the time you're a teen or below mm-hmm. like you will you absolutely knock it out of the park but again i think it's not the worst thing like everyone develops at their own pace so mm-hmm. it's, it's not it's not but personally i just think if you can get these things when you're a child yeah, mm-hmm. you will be you'll be light years ahead 
by the time you come to your 20s and 30s. Which you should be. Like, every generation that comes next should be that much more, doing, doing that much more better in every facet of life mm-hmm. uh, than the generation that came before them. And I think, in some cases, that's not the... I, 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 think, I think millennials are potentially mm-hmm. going to be behind generation so I, I think i think millennials will be behind generation z yeah uh and boomers will obviously be they, they, they will be ahead of i think generation i think millennials may be a, a generation that misses out in terms of not being a better not having a better situation than than uh the generation that came before them i could be wrong like obviously there are lots of millennials who have absolutely killed it you could look at the yeah. Zuckerbergs and, and the people who created Snapchat, Snapchat yeah. and, and Insta yeah. and all of those kind of things. But I think as, yeah. a, as a collective, yeah, yeah, I think I think we may have been in a transitionary period and so we mm-hmm. actually end up being the experiment. <laughs> and then, yeah, yeah. yeah, Generation Z and whatever end up benefiting, which is fair yeah. enough. It's fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's um, like, I think the biggest factor in one of these things might have to be social media because... Yeah. Or just even information, exactly. like information. Yeah, like we are. Consu- like, I was having a thought today, and I was thinking about like what could the future be like. I was like, I can imagine in ten or twenty years, consuming all all the information we consume now is going to be seen as like, whoa, that's not good for your health, man. That's not good for your mental health. And I can imagine people in the future are like limiting like the information they 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 um, read and need, like. In this day and age, right now, we consume any fake news, real news, uh, advert, uh, documentary. Like it's like sometimes it's too much. Even mm. if it's, it's educational, are we going to use all of that? Or is it? It's just like it's like an information addiction kind of thing. Yeah, it's true. And I can, yeah. yeah, so it's like, and I'm weird that the guinea pigs. Like when I was young, like we just had YouTube in our, on our laptops, on our phones, we just watching whatever Instagram, Snapchat. But I feel like in the future. Um, like the next, the future generations will be our children, right? So then we'll be telling them that, oh, okay, yeah, limit, limit how much you spend on this, uh, these apps, limit how much you. So, yeah, man, it's, I, I agree with you. Like we are, we are like a guinea, guinea pig generation. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's an interesting thought to to think about. Yeah, but yeah, mate, we're we're at thirty four <laughs> minutes and thirty seconds, so we've. We've 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 kind of just been talking and talking in this one, haven't we? Yeah. Time went fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I got a quote if you, uh, to summarize with. If you, okay. If you, yeah. So it kind of ties into what you said. Um, what we've been sorry, what we've said, what we've been speaking about. It's um, it's it's by Albert Einstein, and it says, um, reading after a certain age diverts the mind too much from its creative pursuits. Any man who reads too much and uses his own brain too little falls into lazy habits of thinking. And I think that's a good way to come out. Yeah. Nice. Nice. It brought, it brought Einstein back into the conversation. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you even even realise that, that too much reading. Even, that's what I'm saying. Assuming, assuming, assuming that it's actually a quote from Einstein, because you know there are a lot of quotes out there that are attributed to Einstein yeah. that he never actually said. But assuming that it is uh, a quote from Einstein, I think, yeah. It's it's a good yeah. place to, to 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 like even Einstein knew that sometimes you just have to live life and experience things as opposed to trying to get more and more technical knowledge and and, and reading exactly. and more information. Nice, exactly. cool, great place to end. Catch yes, yes. You in the next one. <laughs>